Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. Hello friends, welcome back to Contract Revolution. I hope you're having a great day. This is of course Benji. My guest on the show today is Lydia Crowder, AKA Drywall Shorty. Lydia puts out the best content specifically for the drywall trades on all of the interwebs. She's been a drywall finisher for 20 years. She owns Trinity Drywall with her husband, Ryan, in Bozeman, Montana. And she started to make educational videos about three years ago. Now today, her following has grown to over a million subscribers across her various platforms. And our conversation is about what it's like to be a female tradesperson in a historically male-dominated industry and how business owners can attract and retain women in the trades. You can find Lydia's content under her drywall shorty handle on all the major channels, uh, but we'll include a link in the description if you want to check her out. You should definitely give her a follow. Let's dive in with Lydia. You're watching Contractor Evolution, where we unpack the systems, tactics, and skills you need to take your fast-growing contracting business to the next level. You're here to learn what it takes to scale up, work less, and increase profitability. You've come to the right place. Stay tuned to learn what separates the new breed of contractor from the old school and welcome to your ultimate guide on the business of contracting. Lydia Crowder, welcome to Contract Revolution. I'm excited to have you. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. I'm um, excited to dive in here, but for people that don't know you or Drywall Shorty, like, can you maybe just share with our listeners a bit about your story and um, coming up in the trades and kind of how you got where you are today? Definitely. So I've been in the trades for 20 years. I started with my dad when I was straight out of high school. Well, I went to college for a semester and flunked miserably and just decided that that was not the route for me. So he offered me a job because I really wasn't doing anything at that time. So, um, yeah, he offered me a job and just kind of fell in love with it. At the time, my roommate and my cousin also worked for my dad. And then he had a crew, I want to say about four to five guys. So it was just a great experience just kind of got thrown in there, um, you know, had to work my way up. My dad did not let me off. Easy. No favors, no nepotism. No, no. It was like, you got to go scrape and clean those floors or you got to go do the lunch run for everybody or you got to do this or, um, you know, some mornings we'd start at six o'clock in the morning and it was not fun, but he wanted to make sure I really wanted it. So it was really, it was a really great experience. Um, and then I got my husband started in the trade when we were dating so he and I have worked together for about 19 years, and then we own our own company together. And so he and I work together pretty much every day, running the business and then also working on site. Mm -hmm. You and you guys have been super successful with with your business there in in uh, in Bozeman in in Montana. You, you have this really really cool content channel, which we'll talk about at the end here. I want to make sure listeners give give you a follow. Um, but I think what I'm really curious to pick your brain on is like just the, the your experience as a female tradesperson. You've been doing this for a long time. You um, on, on job sites as a business owner, now as a content creator. And I kind of want to just hear a little bit about your perspective. And I, I wonder if we could maybe begin by talking about the early days experience as like a woman on a job site, construction trade, certainly drywall is a predominantly, um, let's say, 
male dominated industry. What were those first years like being a young woman on, on, on a site like that? Yeah. So when I first started, I was really lucky because I knew most of the guys that were working for my dad, um, being, he was, you know, a small company. So I knew most of those guys. So it was a comfortable position for me to come in and work with those guys and kind of work with the crew because number one, I was the boss's daughter. So they weren't going to do anything that was going to get them fired or in trouble, but they also treated me as an equal, which I think was probably the biggest thing that, that made me take drywall and construction seriously was I came and they automatically started teaching me. They told me how to do things. They give me a tool and put it in my hand and say, go do this. If you need help, come find us and we'll, we'll, you know, walk you through it. But they never treated me unequally. They always treated me as they did everybody else. And that was huge. Now, it doesn't mean that there weren't like looky-loos. One thing that still happens is somebody randomly has to come into the job to come take a look at whatever's going on or some somebody's got to like come in and like look for an electrical cord when there's no electricity in the house or um, there's always some some reason somebody's trying to sneak up on into the job and just kind of like take a look and see what I'm actually doing or Be- because um, they like they're they're literally wanting to check that you know what you're doing like is is it like a trust thing? No, they're just wanting to come in and like have a look because women on the trade are so rare they're like what is she actually doing and they want to see like um guys it's weird because like the ciders will like just randomly walk through the house and you're like what What are you doing here here? i don't need to actually be in here right now um that, that happens actually a lot um it's like, it's like, you're saying it's like a rare, it's like for them, it's like a rare sighting. Like I need to like, I need to see if this is real. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like they want to come in and like, actually like, I don't know, they just come up with some dumb excuse to come walk through the house and stare at you for a couple minutes. (laughs) I forgot my nail gun over here. It's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In what ways is, um, you know, like I, th- I th- I'd like to think that this space has progressed a lot and I think it has is certainly not perfect. And there's lots, there's lots still to, uh, lot in lots of ways it could still grow in what ways is that world, um, the same as it was, you know, 20 years ago when you started and, and in what ways is it different? Um, it's, definitely the same with kind of the attitude sometimes when you walk on the job like one thing that's really common is oh um you must be your husband's helper or oh you guys have your helper here on the job today so automatically thinking that because i'm a woman i'm not a skilled tradesperson. so that's something that i wish would really change that's always been that way it's therefore you're a woman you walked on the job you must just be here to like be a helper or carry buckets or do some kind of menial task instead of actually being someone who's good at their trade. Mm-hmm. Um, things that have changed a lot, has, there's been a lot more women. I say I probably have seen a huge uptick in women on construction sites, which has been amazing. Cause when I first started, I think I knew maybe three, like in years, like throughout my, you know, the first like 10, 15 years. And now it's starting to get more and more common. You're seeing more women on the job. You're seeing, more trades people, um, you know, that are really good at their craft and they're branching out with their genders. Yeah. It's becoming a lot more normalized. Have you, have you along the way or, you know, one of the three, 
uh, women that you knew in trades at the beginning when you started, like, have you had direct experience or indirect experience or have you, have you heard of like, you know, really common prejudices that are, that you've experienced along the way that, that, you know, we could be aware of? Um, no, the, the women that I knew were really, really good finishers. Their dad actually is a finisher and they kind of trained and were brought up with him. And I think that's kind of a common factor that you see sometimes with women in construction is usually they know family members or somebody that's an immediate family member has gotten them started in the trade. And that's a really common way that we start. So it's kind of nice because you kind of are insular and you do have that great learning environment and you don't have guys coming in and being rude or you, you just kind of have more of a, um, more of the space to learn if you're starting with family or you're starting with a spouse. Um, I think that's a really, really common way to get in the trade for women, but I haven't really, I'd say everybody is generally very well behaved. There are of course a couple bad apples, but I think everybody's just excited to see people in the trades and they want to encourage you. And I would say 99% of men I run into are amazing and they're just, super supportive and awesome to be around. It's good. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Um, yeah. I am curious if you have noticed, you know, I, I had a, I had, um, one of our members on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, his name is Dan Young. And we talked about how to build a leadership team and kind of, it was a long conversation. We talked about a bunch of different stuff and mainly about like how he found these people and how he nurtured them. And one of the things I just flat out asked them because a lot of his, um, you know, he has a general manager, he has uh, a CFO, he's got a director of sales and marketing, he's got a bunch of people and, and I think half or more are women. And I just asked him like, hey, are there, you know, are there, are there differences leading men and women in high levels of business? And he flat out said, if I could just, paraphrasing a little bit, he's like, if I could just hire all women to be my leadership team, I would, because here are the traits that I really, really love and here are the things that they bring to offer that men don't. I'd like to ask you the same question for like trades, people, technicians, drywallers, um, uh, crafts, people, broadly speaking, are there qualities that women bring to the trade that men don't have as much of? Yeah, I think sometimes we can be a little more level-headed. Um, I have stopped quite a few almost fights on job sites sometimes with, with subs. So, um, you know, it, it's dry art. Construction can kind of be like a tinderbox. Sometimes you have all of these people <laughs> and sometimes contractors are not great at scheduling. So you've got, you know, 30 people on top of each other. Everybody's trying to work out a one outlet. You've got these deadlines you have to meet so you can get to your next job. And then it can kind of create an environment of just kind of hostility in the trades and against other trades people. So I think some like I definitely have broken up a couple fights with like, hey, let's just let's just take a break for a second. Let's actually figure out how this can work for all of us and kind of mediate and talk through the situation instead of automatically going to that level of you. You made me really mad. And now I'm going to go unplug your stuff. And then because it can be a little interesting sometimes on site. So um, just kind of having a little bit more of that softer side, I guess I would mm-hmm. say, um, the ability to kind of take your ego out of the situation and actually try and problem solve and make sure everybody's happy without having everything stop on site. Like, um, you're saying what women deescalate things really well. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 
calmer heads prevail. We hope. Yeah. Anything else you've noticed? Um, I, I think attention to detail. We can be very detail oriented. For me, when I walk into a job, I'm actually like looking at the floor plan and thinking of how I would lay it out or man, this is a great house or that's super smart that they did that that way. Or man, that must be like, that'll be like an awesome entertaining space. So then I can think of how can I make it a better finish or what can I do extra to make this a nicer house or a nicer living space for them? Cause I think sometimes we can kind of have a little bit of the bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like those points. Um, you know, cool under pressure, like the, the tinderbox analogy is good. You kind of bring some calm, collected uh, energy to that when, you know, guys and their egos can get super ramped up and bent out of shape. And um, and then the attention to detail thing has certainly been my experience. Um, like I, I hired a lot of young women to be painters in my, in my painting company with a lot, a lot of success. And I, I, sh I share those observations. Um, you know, a lot of the people listening would own, uh, they'd own contracting businesses of a whole bunch of different types, some construction, some landscaping, some painting, some roofing, certainly some drywall or some other sub trades and home service businesses. You know, what would be your advice to a business owner right now who is, is wanting to recruit and attract and retain talented young trades women? Um, how can we make our businesses places that appeal and our places that, you know, you broadly speaking would want to stay with for the long haul? Yeah, I think number one is flexible, flexible schedules. Um, you know, a lot of construction companies, like you have to be at the shop at seven and you got to be in your company truck and on the job by eight. And then you got to work sometimes 12, 13 hour days, depending on the company and their work schedule. And for some people, that's just not going to be an option. Like they just can't commit to those kind of hours. They need some flexibility. So working with people and being like, what can we do for you to make this work for your schedule? Um, you know, sometimes there's there's working moms and you got to carry the weight of your kids and, and doctor's appointments, um, right. you know, parent teacher conferences, all sorts of other things that go into that running a household and then also working. So flexibility, I think goes a long way with scheduling, like giving people that grace of, we understand you have a life other than just working for me. So how can we make your life successful and then also make it successful for work? Mm -hmm. So flexible hours is a big one yeah. uh, because in many instances they might be um, just saying battling, you know, running a household, being a mom, looking after kids, a whole bunch of other stuff. So that, that flexibility piece is big. Um, yeah. What else do you think matters? Um, I think it really matters that you give training, like on the job training. So some women, of course, have had experience with trades and a lot of women haven't had experience with trades but they know that they like working with their hands or maybe they've kind of dabbled with things on their own with their house projects or helped out here and there. So give them the space to learn. Like not everybody is going to walk on your job knowing what all of the terminology is, how all the tools work, how the workflow is supposed to go. So give them, and just in general too, like give your employees just, a, you know, kind of like a training, I don't know, a couple months, like, Give people the ability to learn, to ask questions, to come to you and be like, I'm not really understanding how this process is working. And then in the end, they'll be better employees because they'll have a better understanding of how 
you know, the whole process actually works. Um, being okay with, with a, uh, someone, a, a young woman that is less experienced perhaps because they have not yeah. been, they have not been shown this as a kid or they haven't been to trade school or whatever. You're saying the, like the owner should take on the responsibility of, of maybe being a little bit more patient with that, with that knowledge gap, with that skill gap, backfill it with extra training and support and kind of nurture them into the, that role rather than writing them off as someone that's inexperienced. Uh, just to be clear. Yeah. I mean, we all start someplace. Like you can't just expect somebody to come up on the job, especially with no experience and know all of the trade terminology, know how this is supposed to go, know how construction kind of works. So there is some adjustment when you are going from corporate to, or, you know, retail or whatever to construction, it's kind of its own beast. It runs off its own schedule. Um, You know, there's some days where, you have an easy day and there's other days where you're dripping sweat and you still have another seven hours to get done and you've got major project deadlines. So giving everybody a little bit of adjustment. Like I remember when I first started with my dad um, and I would come home and just crash out on the couch, like eight o'clock dead asleep because I wasn't <laughs> used to all of this, like really physical manual labor. It takes, it takes a while to kind of build up the stamina for work like that. So Give people some time, like don't write them off immediately if maybe they're not performing as well as you think, because we all kind of need some space to to adjust and to get used to the flow of construction. So what would be, like, given your experience, Lydia, uh, what would be your advice to your former self or what would, what wisdom would you share with a a young woman who was like mechanically minded, you know, maybe like you, like didn't, didn't love university or college or, or, or doesn't love university or college. And is kind of interested in getting into carpentry, getting into landscaping, getting into drywall. Um, what would be maybe some wisdom you can impart on someone starting out on that journey? Yeah, I would say number one, take yourself seriously. Like just because you don't have all the experience maybe as other people that have been in the trade for a long time, don't sell yourself short. Like, you know, I've been in the trade 20 years and those of us that have been in it this long, make it look easy. So don't dog on yourself or or put yourself down because you don't get things like immediately. It takes a long time to learn a trade. It takes a long time to develop those skills that you need to be successful at construction. So give yourself some grace. I mean, don't, don't think that you should automatically be as good as somebody that's been there for a long time. Like allow yourself the ability to get better, learn, progress, and then look back at your journey and be like, and that's really awesome. I'm really glad I stuck with that. I've learned so much and I have an amazing career now. You, um, we were talking offline about this the other day and you, you were like, competent solves a lot of problems. I can't remember exactly what you said, but if you, if you really show up and master your craft and own what you do well, the questions, the second guessing, the scrutiny, a lot of the things that, you know, you may have experienced in, in uh, along the way, just really, really fall to the wayside. Can you say more about the role of that, that competence plays in this? Definitely. So, um, you know, when you Man, I've been in this trade a long time. And when I first started, I would say I wasn't as confident. Like I I thought I knew what I was doing, but I really have learned a lot over the years. And it really helps when you can walk on a job and you can, you know, number one, what you're doing. 
So you can, you know, talk to the builder, you can talk to the contractor, you can lay things out for them in a very educated manner. So they're not like, oh man, did I hire the the right group here? Does this person even know what they're doing? So that goes miles. And just having the confidence to know that what you're producing is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Of course, you automatically don't get there, but even when you're first learning, it's so cool to look back and see what you've accomplished with your own two hands. And then you can be like, man, okay, that was really good. Now I'm going to work on, you know, maybe changing this a little bit, or I'm not as happy with how I did, you know, maybe this process. So um, take the confidence in the little things and just kind of keep building because it will just continue to get better and better and better for you. So don't, don't stop. Um, It just, yeah, it just gets awesome. Well said. Where can um, where can our listeners find you? I mean, I have spent a lot of time. Well, I had no idea you could make so many videos about drywall and make them all interesting and fascinating. Like, tell us about drywall, Shorty. Where can people find you and follow along on your story? Uh, you've got a lot of really, really great educational content online. So maybe just share a bit about that. Yeah, so you, you can find Drywall Shorty on all social media. I just kept it the same across all of them. So Um, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And then I'm also a contributor to The Build Show along with you guys. So I have new weekly videos out there. And then I also did um, a training with MT Copeland. That's kind of drywall 101. So we go through why we use drywall because that's kind of a common question. People especially are like, why don't you just plaster? We've moved very far from the traditional lath and plaster or wire mesh or horsehair that's just you know it's not really what we use anymore so it's kind of it's a really fun course because we kind of go through the history the tools and then we get into application and just some fundamentals with doing drywall amazing drywall shorty on all platforms yeah yep yes just across the board same thing thanks so much for being here lydia um we really appreciate your time keep doing what you're doing and uh we'll talk to you next time yeah sounds good thanks for having me Thanks so much for watching this episode of Contractor Evolution. If you've already subscribed to our channel, consider sharing this episode with another contractor who you think needs to hear it. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.